For scripture reading, we turn to Psalm 139. Psalm 139, we begin at verse 1. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down sitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compassedest my path my, and my lying down, and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before, and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain unto it. Whither shall I go from thy spirit, or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. For thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. Surely thou wilt slay the wicked, O God. Depart from me, therefore, ye bloody men, for they speak against thee wickedly and thine enemies take thy name in vain. Do not I hate them, O Lord, that hate thee, and am not I grieved with those that rise up against thee? I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them mine enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So far we read from the holy and inspired scriptures this morning. And the text that we consider is that 14th verse. 
Verse 14, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. Dearly beloved in our Lord Jesus Christ, this psalm speaks to us about our Maker, about our Father. It speaks to us about the Father of our children. It speaks about God as our Maker, God as our Father, and that we stand in awe of Him and of His works. That in this psalm we speak about the fact that God knows everything. He sees all. And that's a point that is stressed, that he sees, he knows everything. Before we speak, he knows what we will say. He knows our thoughts. He sees us wherever we go. Whatever we do, that there's no way for us to hide from him. If we are in the darkest place, he sees us. He knows us. And he, the one who knows all things and who sees all, we desire him to search us. You notice that that was a subject that's brought up at both the beginning and the end of this psalm. That we're talking to the one who knows all, who sees all, who's everywhere present, the omniscient, everywhere present God, the holy God, and we ask him to search us. In verse 1 we say, O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. You make that confession? You sing those words? God has searched me and known me. That's how we start the song. And then we say, not only that he has searched me, but that we want him to search us. In the end of the verse, the end of the psalm, and a number of times you see how in the beginning of a section and an end of a section that it'll come around and bring up the same subject towards the end of a section, or in this case, the beginning and the end of a psalm. And you get towards the end and it says, search me. He has searched us when we want him to search us. And know my heart. Try me. We want him to try us. And know my thoughts. See if there be any wicked way in me. Lead me in the way everlasting. We come to our God as those who want to be like him. We want to glorify him. We are his children. We want him to show us our sin. 
And we also want him to comfort us with the truth that they are forgiven. We who come to him and confess our sins. And we also want him to strengthen us in the battle against sin and to lead us in the way everlasting. It's in that psalm, somewhat toward the center of the psalm, a little bit towards the latter part, that we have this text. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. I know that. My soul knows that. The works of our God are marvelous. And that I myself was fearfully and wonderfully made by God. God is our maker and our father. As we instruct our children, we are to instruct our children that the almighty God, who knows all, who governs and directs all, who searches us, who chastens us, who leads us, is our Father. And we are fearfully and wonderfully made, made precisely as he would have us, as he had determined. And our whole life, and we sing that in this altar, our whole life from beginning to end is determined by him. He's our Father. He's our Maker. And we are to stand in awe of him. We are to revere him. And out of thankfulness, we are to praise the name of our God and to lead our children to praise him. Together, we are to revere and praise our covenant-keeping God. We look at this passage under the theme, Fearfully and Wonderfully Made. First going to look at God's wondrous work from the viewpoint that we are made of him. Looking at it from the viewpoint physically, and then also from the viewpoint of what he has done in us spiritually. Secondly, the godly fear. When the text says we are fearfully and wonderfully made, the idea is that we are made, God is the one who has wondrously made us, and that we, as we contemplate that, we fear. He excites fear, fear in the sense of reverence, godly fear. So in the second place, we talk about that godly fear. And thirdly, the thankful praise. The verse says, I will praise. We are resolved to praise our God out of thankfulness. And we consider that in the third place, the thankful praise. Fearfully and wonderfully made, God's wondrous work, the godly fear, and the thankful, the thankful praise. First of all, this passage clearly brings out that God is the one who has made us. 
Contrary to what many teach concerning the evolution of man, the whole thinking of evolutionism, the scriptures teach not only in the beginning of the book of Genesis, but throughout, again and again, we read of the fact that God is the one who has made us. He is the creator of the heavens and the earth. He is the one who formed us in our mother's womb. And the scriptures speak in that language, that we were formed in the womb of our mother, that God made us male and female. We live in a time when those that are male want to call themselves female and want to refer and want to insist that we refer to them as women or girls when actually they are a male and the other way around, where God has made some to be males, some to be females. And when we are formed, we are formed in our mother's womb. And it is marvelous to consider the work of God in the forming of a child. It's beyond our comprehension. We're familiar with the birth of children and how long a child typically is in the womb. There are many things that we're familiar with. And yet, when we meditate upon them, we stand in awe, we ought to, of what God has done. The human body and those that study medicine and see also the, in, the inside of the human body and all the details, how astounding the details. And when one, it can be something that is very small that is not quite working right and the, all the problems the, that come from that that are related to that, that we marvel at how all these different parts work together in the one body and how God forms us and we grow and the bones grow in the womb. The Bible specifically says, we don't know how. Men boast of how much we know. Men like to think of themselves about all that they know or how much mankind today knows. And now we live in a time where they talk a lot about artificial intelligence and what can be done with artificial intelligence. People marvel at the technology. And we are. We do live in a time where we it is, from a certain point of view, we do talk about all the technology and things that are possible today that weren't possible before. Yet it is also very good for us to confess what we do not know. Ecclesiastes 11, verse 5 says, We do not know how the bones grow in the womb. 
As thou knowest not what is the way of the Spirit, nor how the bones do grow, grow in the womb of her that is with child, even so knowest not the works of God who maketh all. We don't know how the bones grow. We couldn't make, make a child. We couldn't make a, a human being. We don't understand these things. We can see some of the things about what God has done. But we are to marvel at all of what we do not know. And even in, in the medical profession, there's many things that they will acknowledge that they don't know when various problems arise and they say, well, with regard to that, we really don't even know. But no matter how much science advances, it will still be the case that there will be many things that we do not know. It's beyond our comprehension. We also are to notice how he not only formed us in the womb, but he cares for us. God cared for you when you were in the womb. That there was a time when you and I were in the womb. Your God was caring for you during that time. There was a time when it, you needed to get out of that womb soon. God is the one that brought you out of the womb. We sing of that in the Psalms. He took me out of the womb. Our God did. And he prepared food for you. We all know that very quickly after the birth, that a child, you see a little child nursing so quickly after birth beginning to nurse. You think of how God prepares food for the child. And how the child is, the God is the one who has determined all that. How you were formed. And how there was food for you, whether or not your mother nursed or not. The point is that the Lord provided for you. And as we see the, what the Lord does in, the, in a woman and the nursing of a child, we're to, we're to marvel. He has provided us with what we have needed. Without our knowledge, Without our knowledge, he was providing us with what we needed. And when we think of how without our knowledge, he was providing us with all that we need, we're to rest and be assured that he will continue to provide us with all that we need. Yeah, we're also to think when we talk about how we are marvelously made, wonderfully made, we're also to think about this text from the viewpoint of God's people making this confession. From the viewpoint that God is our maker 
our creator in the sense that we are new creatures. We do speak that way. Psalm 100 verse 3 says, Know ye not that the Lord, Jehovah, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people. So who's the us? His people. He has made us, not we ourselves. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. How did you become a child of God? How is it that you bear the image of God, your Father? God is our Father. We bear his image. We are righteous and holy and have a true knowledge of God. That's what it means to bear the image of God. And only God's elect people bear his image. How does that come about, that one is born of God? It's only by the grace of God. God has made us body and soul. And man by nature is dead in sin. When we talk about how God made man, well, we can also look at it from the viewpoint of how God made man good. He was righteous and holy, knew God, and he fell. And since he fell, now he's depraved by nature, corrupt. And we see all the sin and the wickedness and the violence today. And that's to remind us and bring us back to the fall of man into sin. But God performs a wondrous work of grace in us. And though we still have a depraved nature, he gives us new spiritual hearts so that we say, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Created. God uses that term, create. You were created in Christ Jesus. You are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works. And that God hath foreordained that we should walk in them. That these children baptized today, we make the confession that they are sanctified in Christ. We talk about how we are conceived and born in sin, subject to all miseries, yea, to condemnation itself. We make that confession. We say that about our little infant that we're holding, subject to condemnation, guilty. But we also say they are sanctified in Christ. They're members of his church. They ought to be baptized. Now we know, we confess, and we make very clear that we do not say that all of our children, head for head, are in Christ Jesus and will be saved. It's only the elect children. We confess that, and our children know that. When we ask our children, very young children in catechism, 
They understand that. It is important to think about what baptism points us to, that God is the God of our children and the work of grace that he performs already in, even in the womb, which brings out that it's all of God. How can someone be, have, have, be regenerated and have a new spiritual heart even before they're born? And leap, as John the Baptist, leaping for joy in the womb. It brings out, what's all of God? It isn't that we fulfill some condition. When we say, all that I am, I owe to thee. That's true of us spiritually. All that we are, we owe to him. It's by the grace of God that, we're, that God is our father. You know, we ta- we're taught that, we know that, we say that, and then there are times when we st- think about that more. The God who knows and sees all the omnipresent God who made all things, he really is my father? I really bear his image? We look at our sins and say, I'm a, I'm a sinner. And that's true. And we confess our sins. We humble ourselves before God and confess our sinfulness. Yet we also confess what we are in Christ Jesus and thank our God and our Father. Each one, each child, he has has a unique place in the body of Christ. So not only do we look at it from the viewpoint that he has made each one of us, but each one of us is different. Even as an infant, you can start to see certain characteristics sometimes, and as they grow older, more so you start seeing how your children are different. And if you have more than one children, you notice even in your own family how different one child is from the next. All determined by God, each one having our specific place in the body of Christ. And he gives us gifts. He distributes the gifts according to his will. And we're to use the gifts together in the service of our God. As we meditate on these these things, on God's wondrous works, we fear him. The way the text reads is... Starts off with, I will praise thee. And then this next phrase could be translated because that exciting fear, I was wonderfully made or distinguished. So it speaks of how we were wonderfully made and then the word fear that's translated fearfully and wonderfully because the phrase is saying we were wonderfully made 
And when we contemplate the way he wonderfully made us, it excites fear. We wonder. So that the very next phrase is, wonderful or marvelous are thy works. We talk about how we were wonderfully made, and then we marvel at all of God's wonderful works. Fearing God. This is talking about what we often refer to as filial fear, the fear of a child for one's, say, father. Reverence. Out of a love for him, the fear of God. We're to instruct our children in the truths that God has taught us, and we're to show in our instructing and caring for our children that we fear God, that we revere him. Now, that, that idea of godly fear is a fear of, that's out of love for him, out of love for the one that is Holy and righteous, we stand in awe of him. We stand in awe of the holy and the righteous God. Who's exalted over all. And fearing him, we, we hate. And we move away from all that would offend God. We don't want to do what's displeasing to him. We see that in the end of the psalm. Towards the end of the psalm, when it says about the wicked, Depart from me, therefore, ye bloody men, for they speak against thee wickedly. Depart from me. And then we not only look at those that would tempt us and lead us astray, and we say, Depart from us. We want to be apart from this wicked world. And we lead our children, and we're going to be rearing our children in a time where wickedness abounds. And we often think about that today. It was the case when your children reared you, or rather when your parents reared you, when your parents reared you, it was the t during that time, it was already the case that there was, that wickedness abounded. But now that you have grown from childhood to adulthood, and now that you are raising children of your own, things have gotten worse. And we often think about that. We often talk about that today. And it's in that time, it's in that time in which we live that we, we stand up and we make our vow that we will instruct our children in the aforesaid doctrine or help or cause them to be instructed therein to the utmost of our power. To the utmost of our power. 
speaking to them about the doctrines, warning about the ways of wickedness, showing our children that we that that our children see dad fears god that mom fears god that they see that in you that you don't want to do anything that would displease god and that you yourself don't want to be around those that are going to be tempting you to go the wrong way And about your own sin, you ask God to search me. Not only concerned about the sinners out there, but the psalmist is speaking also about their own sin. Search me, try me. I want to grow to see my own sin. I don't want to do anything that's displeasing to God. I want to see my own sin and turn from it. I need to know how great my sin is. That I confess my own sin and with sorrow turn from it. Lead me, O Lord, lead me. See if there be any wicked way in me. Lead me in the way everlasting. That, that song, that is, this psalm is sung by someone who really, really fears God. That's who sings this from the heart. Somebody who really reveres him. Remembering our bodies and souls are temples of the Holy Spirit. Wanting them to be preserved, pure, and holy. We fear him. Oh, wondrous, we sing in the Psalms in the Psalter, number 382, Oh, wondrous knowledge, awful might, unfathomed depth, unmeasured height. We trust him. When we ask him to search us, we do, though, we do so as those that are believing that there's no condemnation to those that are in Christ. One might say, why would I ask him to search me? Because I, I know I'm a sinner. I deserve condemnation. We sing this as those who know that there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ. We believe what Christ did for us and what the Spirit does in us. We want to glorify our God. And we trust in Him. We trust in Him who took us out of the womb. We don't have time to look at these verses, but Psalm 22, 9 and 10 Psalm 71, verse 6, are two verses that speak about how God has holden us up from the womb, how he took us out of the womb. And he who took us out of the womb, we look to him to deliver us out of all of our troubles now. 
Thou art my God from my mother's belly. Be not far from me, for trouble is near. Thou art he that took me out of my mother's bowels. Deliver me. We speak about how he took us out of the womb, and we look to the one who took us out of the womb to continue to deliver us. We fear him, we reverence him, and we look to him for all that we need. And we praise him. I will praise thee. We praise him out of thankfulness. We're to be thankful for each child. And we're to show our children we're thankful for them. We're to show God that we're thankful for our salvation, and the praise we're to utter is thankful praise. Well, you consider, first of all, that we're to be thankful. Thankful for the salvation that he has wrought in us. Thankful that we are one of his children. Thankful for each child that God gives to us. And it's good for us to show our children we're thankful for them. Paul, in, the, in his New Testament epistles, would often talk to churches about how he was thankful to God for them. And as you read that, and I read that, and how he typically did that, it serves to bring out it's good for us to say we're thankful to God for one another. I'm thankful to God for this congregation. It's good for us to express that to one another and to express that to our children. I'm thankful to God for you. For the child that God gave me, that the Lord gave me this child with these characteristics, and I'm thankful to God for this child. And for the child to grow up conscious that mom and dad are thankful for them. Fearfully, wonderfully made. For us to show that in the, our words to them, that we say it in so many words, so that if somebody says, are you thankful for your children? You say, I am. Do you express that to them? You should say that we do. And then do you, do you show them? You enjoy being with them, talking with them, Encouraging them, pointing out what you see of the work of God in them. And that is quite important, too, is that we as parents point out to our children that not only what they should do and what they shouldn't do, but that we also talk, and not only talking about what Christ does for them and in them in a general way, but 
specifically what we see in the children. They'll likely be very attentive. If you talk to one of your own children or to other of God's people, you talk to them and you tell them what you see the work of God in them. Talking to your children that way, talking to your grandchildren that way. It doesn't end in the parenting years. Maybe you remember things that were said to you by your grandfather or grandmother or great-grandfather, great-grandmother, that they talked to you about what they saw in you by the grace of God and that they showed you that they were thankful to God for you. We're to be thankful for the children that God has given to us and to spend time with them and to show our love for them in teaching them. We want to praise them. We want to praise God, rather. We want to praise God as those who are praising him with understanding. And we want our children to praise him with understanding. Well, this verse says... I will praise thee, that's the beginning, and then the end of it, marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My soul knows. Not only the other people's souls, but I personally, by the grace of God, No. God's works are marvelous. And I think of what he does for God's people and what he's done in me. And I want to praise him. And desiring our children to praise God with understanding, we're to talk to our God to our children, rather, about the marvelous works of God. That kind of summed up what we're to do as parents. In our vow, when we think of how brief what we say we will do is, what do godly parents do? They instruct their children in what God has taught them, what God has taught you, working through others, God has instructed you. You're now to pass down that instruction. And as you realize, as we all do, that there's so much yet we still don't know, that you begin to go even more so now to the word to learn. That even more so than you have in the past. 
you search the scriptures. You make use of the accurate summary we have of the doctrines in our confessions. You read and you talk together as husband and wife. What a blessing to have a spouse with whom you can together talk about the word of God. That's a wonderful blessing. And it's important to thank God for that. And together you learn. You encourage one another, you correct one another, you learn together, and then you pass that down, and your children see the two of you talking. They overhear the things you talk about. They see what's important to you. They see where you go when you have questions and you don't know what to do. They see that you really do revere your Heavenly Father. You go to your Father, your Heavenly Father, to teach you. And He does, and He will. And then you and your children together sing. Sing words of praise. Sing words of praise to our God. As those resolve to do it, we say, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. May the Lord grant you, grant us the grace to care for the children of the church and together to fear and praise the name of our holy God to the honor of his great name. Amen. Let us pray. O Lord, our God and our Father, we are thankful, O Lord, for thy grace and for thy mercy. We're thankful, Lord, for these covenant children. Give grace unto the parents to care for them in thy fear, and grant us grace together to live to thy honor. Forgive all our sins and give comfort to all thy church. May thy name be praised, for thou art worthy. For Christ's sake, amen.